0: It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: You want the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Fantasy football leagues. Then you've come to the, then right you've place. to the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now. Here's your host, Faraz Siddiqui and Zach Rizzuto. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. I am Faraz Siddiqui. I'll be breaking down the latest news for this week, but also going to be going over all of Week Two's preseason action. It's not all about the numbers, not all about the stats, but it's about the usage. What is indicative of these players performing for fantasy? That's all we care about, Okay. So, we want to see what they did with the first team. We un- we want to understand that usage so that it can see what we can see what translates into the regular season, and it really helps a lot to figure out you know so many questions that we have. That's what preseason's here for. So we're going to get into that in a second. Here we also have uh, a few other episodes this week that uh, I think will bring a lot of value to you guys. We have five episodes this week, Monday through Friday. I uh, hope this all helps you guys. Make the best decisions that you can for your fantasy teams. We had Jason LaConfora and Fora on Monday talking Ravens. We had J.P. Finley on, Washington Commanders beat reporter. That was up today, Tuesday. We already recorded that. We have Cowboys beat reporter Brian Brodus. That's going to be out on Thursday morning. And we have another episode out on Friday with Fitzy. And New Englanders know who that is. All right, so gearing up for the NFL season and trying to get every tidbit we can to help you best be, you know get best prepared for this fantasy football season. All right, I want to start with some news. Last night, we had the first team for the Commanders play uh for the whole first half basically. That's including new starter at quarterback, Sam Howell. They played a whole half on Monday night Tyron McLaurin unfortunately got hurt at the end of the half for some reason these starters were out all out there for that long it's a little long for preseason right uh he had x-rays on his right big toe they were negative um now he's going to get another mri today according to adam Shafter. so it is a turf toe that was confirmed hopefully he'll be good to go for week one but it's possible that he isn't okay um you know might as well continue to talk about this game real quick before I move on to the rest of the news, you know, then I'll continue with the rest of the preseason usage notes that I have. Um, but, you know, it was during the two-minute drill for Sam Howell that McLaurin left the game and Howell basically targeted Jahan Donson. Play after play after play. It was five targets in a row on five plays in a row as soon as McLaurin left. Alright, so either way, as JP Finley indicated in our conversation together, you guys could definitely want to hear that conversation, but both of these guys are going to have big years, right? And just hoping that McLaurin is going to be fine. But this if this is a turf toe, which is what this is pointing to, he's at jeopardy to miss week one, okay? And there's a chance that he's not 100% for several weeks at the start of the year, which means Jahan Dotson can get a boost for those few weeks. So just a bit of a bonus for anyone who's drafting Dotson, okay? I liked McLaurin this year, but this might be a tiebreaker between him and someone else you know, in his tier and where he's being drafted, unfortunately, okay? Uh And Howell himself, man, I, we've been saying it all season, all off season, right? This dude has it, and he showed it in the first game of this, first half of this game. And I know his preseason, okay, he, he had his first series was against the twos. Uh, He had another series against the threes, I get it. But he's looked pretty good so far this preseason, and he has weapons, right? He has a good offensive coordinator. He's showing some promise, uh, you know, he's the ideal QB three for me because he has top 12 quarterback upside for fantasy. And I've been saying I think it can happen as long as his guys stay healthy. OK, that's the key here. He has some rushing ability, too, as well. So don't forget that uh, he has been named the week one starter. OK, he's going to be good to go. As far as the split in this backfield, it looks similar. Than what we saw last week, both Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson were involved in different situations. Uh, as you guys heard on the JP Finley episode yesterday, I'm probably too low on Brian Robinson. You know he's still going to be very involved in this offense, and he's more involved in the receiving game than we want to think he will be. So it's very possible that Brian Robinson is a lot more involved than we think. Make sure to tune into that episode to get more of those details. Okay. Now, moving to the Ravens' side of the ball, a bunch of starters got a night off. Lamar, J.K. Dobbins. Gus Edwards was active but didn't get any snaps with the starters. It seems pretty clear that he's not the number two behind J.K. Dobbins right now. Okay? And the number two behind J.K. Dobbins is actually Justice Hill. He got the start two games in a row in preseason. He's been playing well. And if you guys listen to the Jason LaConfora episode, you know that You know, his feeling is that they don't think Edwards really fits the offense. And, you know, he dressed for this game this weekend, and he didn't get any snaps at all, which is weird. You know, if you're going to grab a handcuff on the Ravens to J.K. Dobbins, it's just as hell, and there's upside there. Okay, and by the way, if you listen to that episode, you know I'm excited about J.K. Dobbins. Jonathan Taylor has requested a trade, as we know, but the Colts have now given him permission to seek one okay this situation is getting pretty bad who knows how it's going to turn out there are a number of teams interested just don't know if they're willing to give up what is equivalent to a first round pick which is what the colts asking price is right it's possible they take less than that to move on and not have to pay taylor but a team will have to be willing to give up some legitimate assets but also give taylor a new contract will it happen you know maybe and you know if it does, it's likely he's still a high-end fantasy running back. There's probably a few landing spots that is better than where he's at right now. I, I think if he doesn't get traded, if he doesn't get traded, that's where it gets tricky. I think he ends up playing, you know, either way. So if there's any sort of real dip in ADP, I'm probably buying. I think that's the right thing to do right way to handle these situations, okay? My only issue is, like, what if he gets a little bit banged up this year, right, and doesn't play and overstates any injuries that he has, right? There's a little bit of risk because of that, right? Um, but if he's falling to the third round, potentially, you know, he's really tough to pass up, you know, w- you know, with that price, right? Now, if a trade does end up happening, my guess is that they sign someone like Leonard Fournette. But if you want to roster a Colts running back, I think Evan Hull would be my pick. You know, he's very versatile, very efficient in the past game. If you saw my senior bowl coverage or my draft content, you know that Hull is one of those like diamond in the rough candidates, right? Deion Jackson was very solid at times last year, but I think Hull has more upside. You know, he would be my pick to roster at this point if I'm going to roster any Colts running back. Now, I'm not going crazy to try and throw him on my roster if it means dropping someone like legit. Um, I'd rather pick up Fournette, right, if he's available, because even if he doesn't end up on the Colts, I, I think he'll likely end up in a situation that needs him, right, and therefore he'll become fantasy relevant at some point. Chuba Hubbard suffered an ankle injury in the last preseason game, but he's back in practice, so that's good to know. Something to note on Chuba Hubbard, he played on 20 of 21 first-team snaps in this past game and 11-11 with the starters in week one of the preseason. He also ran around on 14 of 15 Bryce Young dropbacks throughout the two weeks of preseason so what does that tell you that he would likely be a three down back if Miles Sanders gets banged up and by the way Sanders you know he has a soft ish, uh, tissue injury that he's coming back from right so he was back at practice on Monday so that's good we'll monitor that but just keep that in mind about Chuba Hubbard that looks like he's potentially a three down handcuff Devon Achain is week to week with a shoulder injury that's not good and it's not because he can't be ready for week one it's because he'll be missing key reps over the next couple of weeks that that will allow him to move further up the depth further up the depth chart. He's had four running backs play over him each of the first two weeks of the preseason. And he looks good and he looks extremely explosive at times, but he has a lot of work to do when it comes to moving up this depth chart, right? He's definitely nowhere close to being near Raheem Moser or Jeff Wilson, right? Miles Gaskin and Salvan Ahmed are currently playing over him. Now, I do think he'll eventually beat out at least Gaskin and Ahmed at some point this season, but we might have to wait a little longer than we might have wanted to, but it would have been nice to see like, the willingness to at least play him a little bit with the first team, right? Um, we just haven't seen that yet, and we probably won't see that week one either. It'll likely be similar to what we saw last year between Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert. And by the way, you can get Jeff Wilson with the last pick of your draft, and you can start him week one as a flex in a deep league, assuming, you know, I'm assuming you have someone to start. But if you don't, for whatever reason, someone got hurt already, whatever it is. Jeff Wilson, you know, you could probably start him. By the way, Jeff Wilson also has an undisclosed injury. Just keep that in mind. Don't know what it is. I don't think it's serious. But he would he didn't play in this past game. Most got the start. There was a report that Josh Jacobs would report before week one. And then Jacobs replied to one of the news outlets on Twitter reporting that basically saying that he doesn't remember saying that okay which means that he's trying to refute that report he deleted it who knows what's true or not and this is probably the most risky situation in terms of all these running backs holding out and stuff but i think jacobs is going to be back week one um i'm buying any dip on him i'm also drafting zamir white where i can to hedge against this situation right uh but it's clear that he is the guy zamir white is the guy in jacobs absence uh, Kenneth Walker also back in practice. Apparently, he's practicing in full. That's good. That's good news. Hopefully, he doesn't have any setbacks with his groin injury. Um, all right. So before we get into the preseason week to review, if you're looking for our rankings, it's at Patreon.com/slash/UpperHandFantasy. We have our preseason rankings up there. We also have rankings with context. So that's blurbs on more than hundred players. That includes flex, super flex, positional, all that. You also have some options that have more access to me. You know, you can get like a uh, 24. Our guaranteed text message response from me. Uh, my number's in there. Okay, so in season rankings are included in there, like weekly rankings and stuff. In season help, in season resources—they're all part of the Patreon. So make sure to go check that out. Uh, check that out if you're interesting. Okay, Patreon. Int- if you're interesting, if you're a very in- if you're an interesting person, you can go check out the Patreon. <laughs> if you're interested, uh, Patreon.com/slash Upperhand Fantasy.
0: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential?
1: All right, moving into this review, let's start with the Eagles here. Okay. There are only two Eagles running backs who I'm targeting based on what we've seen in preseason so far. DeAndre Swift and Kenny Gainwell. Okay, Swift got the night off in week two. Gainwell got the night off in week one, but he got the night off, he got the night off with Boston Scott. Okay, this could have been a you know, you know the offense will take the first night off kind of thing, but reports out of camp are indicating that Gainwell is very integrated with the first-team offense, right? Rashad Penny is getting work after Boston Scott. Now, he can move up a little bit, but it doesn't seem obvious that he'll be the primary early down back like I thought he would be early in the offseason, right, when they brought him in. With Swift getting the night off with a lot of other starters this past weekend, like he's in line to, you know, be part of at least a a, a one-two punch, right? We know his receiving ability makes him have RB1 type of upside, even if he's not overly involved on the ground. Now, Darren Waller proved everything that we've been hearing out of camp, that he's the guy, right? 80% route participation, 40% targets per route run with the starters in this game. He's a must grab for me at this point. At the 5-6 turn in 12 team leagues, he has top three upside at the position. Just hoping that he can stay healthy. But regardless, I think the upside is worth chasing as the Giants' number one wide receiver. If you're wondering if any other Giants wide receivers are worth grabbing, it could it would be between Darius Slayton, Isaiah Hodgins, and Paris Campbell. Those are the three starting wide receivers for the Giants. Jalen Hyatt still working his way onto the first team. He had a few snaps with them this week. He's still fourth on the depth chart. His long touchdown this past weekend, that was awesome, but it came with Tyrod Taylor with the second team. Um, Paris Campbell was targeted on 33% of his routes run, and that would kind of line up with what we've been hearing out of camp that you know he was one of the wide receivers that Daniel Jones has seemed to kind of have a connection with. Uh, and I think he could potentially be the wide receiver to have on this Giants team outside of Darren Waller. Now, a little bit of a sleeper, I guess, Hayden Hurst, he's run a route on every Bryce Young drop back this preseason, right? And if you're gonna be running a route, if you're a tight end and you're running a route on almost every single dropback for your quarterback, you're you're basically a top 12. Tight end candidate, right, and then your talent level basically is where is how high you could go, right? Like Hayden Hurst, is he the most talented tight end in the world? Probably not. He does have a top twelve finish in his in his career, but you know we'll see, right? This isn't the most talented wide receiver room either. They do have some guys that I am definitely looking at, right? For example, right, this wide receiver trio like they're pretty much set at this point, right? It's Adam Thielen is DJ shark is Jonathan Mingo. This is an 11 personnel team, right? Three wide receivers in the field. Mingo is shark. They saw two targets each in this game. Shark seems to be the X Mingo is the Z flanker guy. Thielen is the slot, um, which I thought Thielen was going to actually be on the outside here. I thought Mingo was going to be in the slot, but at least Mingo is going to get a lot of those free releases uh, as the flanker as well. So, there isn't a clear number one target, but I think you know Shark is leading the wide receivers in targets through two games with the first team in preseason. That would also kind of line up with what we've been hearing out of camp, you know, as well as Young's potentially favorite target. So we finally got to look at the Falcons' running back usage with both Bijan and Tyler Algier. Bijan played on seventy percent of snaps with the starters. That's awesome. Sixty percent route participation. Five op- five opportunities on twelve snaps. So now we have our justification for his first round price stack, okay? Algae is going to get work, but if Bijan is getting 70% of snaps, this type of route participation, that's a workhorse role, okay? What about Cordell Patterson? He's hurt right now, and when he's back, he's going to eat into this workload. Stop it, okay? Bijan looked good, okay? We got a little sneak peek, and it's about to get crazy in the regular season. The dude's going to go off. Interesting usage for Kyle Pitts with the first team in this game. Only 50% route participation. Not sure what's going on there. I can't imagine that being the case in the regular season. But, you know, this is Arthur Smith, right? So it's something to monitor. I'm not panicking just yet. No issues with Drake London, though. Three targets on nine routes run on ten total dropbacks for the first team. I'm happy about that. They played the Bengals, you know, not really much to see on that side, but it's worth noting that Chase Brown is not ahead of Chris Evans right now, okay, in the backfield behind Joe Mixon. So Evans is playing ahead of Chase Brown, but there's no clear handcuff here to Joe Mixon, okay? Mixon's the guy followed by a potential committee, so I wouldn't be drafting any of these other Bengals running backs right now. By the way, guys, I have a favor to ask you. If you could just take a second to subscribe to the podcast right now, that would mean the world to me. Just hit add or follow or subscribe, whatever the term happens to be on your particular podcast app, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever. And, and a five-star review, oh my goodness, that would mean the world as well. If you have the time, that doesn't take long either. Would really appreciate you guys. Let's get back to the show. Not a whole lot to take out of Jaguars, Lions, but Tank Bigsby, he definitely stood out. Okay, A lot of the starters didn't play in this game, but damn Tank looked good. The first team, quote-unquote, played 33 snaps right and tank was on the field for 27 of them so 82% of snaps 13 carries for 70 yards but this you know this was against the Lions second team defense okay that's worth noting but you know we we are going to see the first team get a ton of play potentially Doug Peterson said that they're going to play the uh the first team the starters for potentially a whole half this upcoming week so we could potentially see if Bigsby, you know, how Bigsby is integrated into this offense. And Doug Peterson did say after this game that Bigsby's role will increase as the year goes on. You know, somebody you might want to draft late. Okay, I think we might be too low on Damian Pierce, guys. He played in every down role with the first team. He was on the field for 100% of snaps with the starters. Devin Singletary didn't come in the game until Pierce's night was over. Okay, Pierce was an early down running back last year. He was very solid, right? And when you consider Devin Singletary's usage last week in terms of him coming off the field on third downs for Darius Bawale, there's a chance Pierce has a new passing down role come week one. You know, just more reasons to take shots on Pierce at his price. He might end up being the running back to grab in the fifth round where he's going now. There's a few choices there, but I think Pierce is kind of standing out now. So don't forget how efficient Pierce was last year as a rookie, okay? He's a damn good running back, and it looks like he might get a damn good role too. Now Dalton Schultz, he's now seen 80% rap participation with the starters through two games. That's what you want to see if you're betting on him to be a low-end tight end one this year. If you're looking at the tight end in Buffalo, um, I think, you know, Dalton Kincaid, 70% route participation in this game. That's pretty good. It's worth noting that, you know, his counterpart did not play in this game. Um, I think he'll still end up playing 70% or more regardless. Okay. Uh, but guys, James Cook's season is upon us. Okay. He played on 88% of snaps with the first team in this game. He ran a route on 67% of Josh Allen's dropbacks. Okay, probably one of the best values in fantasy football drafts right now. Damien Harris didn't play in this game, and I think he'll be somewhat involved when he is healthy, but I really don't think his usage, James Cook's usage is going to decline that much, you know, where he's not going to finish as like an RB2 or better. Okay, he has an RB1 upside. He's going to have the 7-8 turn, draft James Cook. And I think I have a confession to make here. Okay. I think I have a confession to make. I think I'm in on Gabe Davis. He's being drafted in the ninth round in 12-team leagues. Okay, this dude was being drafted in the fifth and sixth rounds last year, earlier on underdog, and nothing changed, right? He's like that. He's like the definition of a post-hype sleeper, if you will. If you want to give Gabe Davis the benefit of doubt last year, he had the high ankle sprain in week one. That's going to mess him up for a little bit. By the time he got healthy again, which he says he never was, but let's say he did. Josh Allen had that elbow sprain. Those deep shots weren't going to be there as often. I think the upside is still there. Like I I saw the upside last year. I just hated the price, right? But in the ninth round, I kind of like the upside that he presents, right? They need that wide receiver too to be there. Now, if I already have my tight end by that point, because I like Dalton Kincaid as an option too. So if I don't have my tight end by that point, maybe I'm going to wait for Dalton Kincaid. But if I do have my tight end and I already grabbed James Cook, or he's off the board already. I I think, you know, I don't I don't want to overly invest in one team, obviously, right? But I think Davis is a solid upside option in the ninth round.
0: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals.
1: Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Let's hit on the Steelers wide receivers real quick. Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, Allen Robinson are the guys in 11 personnel. Robinson is the slot guy with the other two on the outside. The word is that Pickens is developing Pickens, George Pickens here, not not Pickett, developing into a more well-rounded wide receiver. His route tree is developing as well. So that's something we'll hope to see from him this year. That'll be awesome, right? Um, And if Kenny Pickett can take a step forward, we could see some interesting things out of this wide receiver core this year. And by the way, Pat Firemouth did end up playing on all seven snaps with the first team, ran around on all four dropbacks. That's good to see, you know, a week after him not doing it as much, um, you know, with the first team. Let's talk about Jalen Warren for a second. The dude had one carry. He took it to the house for a 62 yard touchdown, right? Like, I really like Warren as someone who can be pretty involved as a number two. I think Najee is still the clear number one. I don't think Najee's job is at jeopardy here, okay? But, you know, like Matt Cannara did say that Najee is their clear guy. That's their OC. But Warren will be their passing down guy and he will be sprinkled in on early downs to do stuff like he did. So I, I don't think Warren will have like standalone fantasy value when Najee's healthy. But I do think he's one of the very, very best every down handcuffs that you could draft, you know, that you don't want to drop to waivers at any point this season, right? In case any injury occurs to Najee, people will be dropping 100% of their fab on Jalen Warren, okay? So you don't want to drop that guy. A lot of value there. Looking at the Colts' wide receivers, uh, rookie wide receivers Josh Downs surpassed Isaiah McKenzie on the depth chart, which means he'll likely be the starting wide receiver for the Colts. That's great to see, right? That's what you want to see. He's a very good player. He's one of my favorite wide receivers from this draft class. They have a very good trio for Anthony Richardson to work with here. Looking at the Bears' running back depth chart now, Khalil Herbert got the night off while the other running backs are still battling. So Herbert is the Bears' running back to draft, guys. Okay, amazing pick at the 9-10 turn. Uh, Deontay Foreman still seems to be running ahead of Roshan Johnson, but Roshan looked really good. So I can see him moving ahead of Foreman at some point. Uh, but Roshan, also a very solid late round running back to stash. Skyrimore ran the same amount of routes as Travis Kelsey with the Chiefs starters. He played only behind MVS. Uh, he even got usage in two wide receiver sets, which is a great sign that he'll be getting solid playing time, even when Kendarius Tony is back. Okay, Morris still going pretty late around the 12th round or so. So I'm happy grabbing him there, you know, as potentially the second target behind Travis Kelsey. And guys, remember early on in the offseason when I said that Michael Wilson has a great shot at being the Cardinals starting X receiver at some point? Well, he's already that guy. DeAndre Hopkins is out. Michael Wilson is in. He played the most snaps of any wire receiver with the first team this week, ran the same number of routes as Marquise Brown. He's someone I'm high on as a player. I don't think he'll necessarily out-target Marquise Brown right now, but he's someone I'm watching in Dynasty, especially. But the fact that he's already starting gives him some sneaky sleeper appeal in deeper leagues this season as well. So he was probably my favorite wide receiver to watch at the senior bowl. So I'm super excited about that. Another wide receiver that I've been super that I was super excited to watch at the senior bowl was Jaden Reed. He's the primary slot guy for the Packers. He has some upside. He scored a touchdown with the first-team offense this week. He was a very good player at the Senior Bowl, watched him firsthand, great route runner. He can make some noise here as a rookie, man. And he was targeted on 33% of his routes uh, this past game with the first team. Uh, And his teammate, Luke Musgrave, he continues to play 100% of snaps with the starters and once again ran a route on 100% of Jordan Love's dropbacks, okay? He led the starters with three targets on nine routes run. Easy top 12 tight end candidate, okay? Someone you should be grabbing late in drafts if your tight end situation is shaky by the time you're there, okay? He's a great target, big play guy. I can see this working out. Yet another senior bowl player, Taji Spears. This dude looked good, man, Um, in, in his playing time with the first team in this game. He looked really good. He had a 33-yard touchdown. On his other runs, he looked great, too. He's also a plus receiver. So, you know, big-time potential three-down handcuff here behind Derrick Henry. Devontae Williams defined the odds. He's really a true outlier in his recovery. He comes back. He plays a significant role in a preseason game here. Him and P. Ryan split time, the roles, you know, pretty much 50 50. And this was Williams' first game back. You know, P. Ryan's playing the receiving back role. Okay, he played almost every third down snap in this game. Javante was coming off the field, but Javante saw five targets on eight routes ran with eight opportunities total on 13 snaps with the starters. Okay, that's absolutely amazing. And it looks like he'll be good to go for week one. And as the season goes on, if he's already splitting 50 50 now. Like will his role end up increasing even more? Like, I think it's still kind of risky drafting Williams, but and because there can be complications with this type of injury he had. It wasn't just an ACL, right? It was an ACL, an LCL, and a PLC. And it's looking good for him right now, though. Like it's going, it could continue to get better. And if he's going to continue to go around the seventh round, like it's just it's not bad. Like I get it, you know, but. You know, the other option is to wait and grab P. Ryan later, but, you know, A, it does seem like they want to feature Javante for the most part, give him those opportunities, and B, there isn't a guarantee that P. Ryan has the standalone value we think he does based on how they just use Javante in this game. Like, he will definitely, like, Javante can definitely have some upside later in the year if he doesn't have any setbacks early on, right? So, one of the reasons why I like P Ryan is because like I wasn't assuming that Javante Williams would defy the odds like this because running backs don't come back or players just don't come back from this type of multi-ligament injury, the way that he did and already playing in preseason. Like we saw what JK Dobbins had to deal with last year, completely different situation. So it's the same situation, but completely different recovery. So take that for what you will. Now, Still in the Broncos, Marvin Mims looks like he's the wide receiver three at this point. He moved ahead of Marquez Calloway. He's a great late-round sleeper. Remember, he was a second-round pick, traded up to get him, Sean Payton did. So I've already talked about why I like Marvin Mims a few times over the last couple of weeks. Um, Greg Dulcich and Adam Trotman continue to split routes with the first team. It doesn't look like Dulcich is worth betting on at his ADP as it stands right now, just because of the fact that if Trappman's running more routes, like I don't really want to deal with that tight end by committee type of situation. Okay, Zach Charbonnet did end up starting this game uh, after DJ Dallas started last week, but Dallas was still pretty involved. It seems like you know this can be a three-man backfield with Dallas still playing that third-down role. That wouldn't be ideal at all. Okay, J.S.N. He looked really good, but breaking news. He's having wrist surgery, and week one availability, a little bit at risk here. So we'll see. We'll get. He's going to have the procedure, and the procedure will will kind of let us know how long he's going to miss, okay? So Jackson spent the jig, The going to miss some time. But, man, he's so smooth. He looks so good, right? All these Seahawks wide receivers can kill it this year, man, for real. Now, there's been a little bit of smoke around Cowboys running back Deuce Vaughn, but just understand that he's still the RB4 right now. He's playing behind Rico Dottle and Malik Davis. You know, those two guys are the ones battling behind Tony Pollard at the moment. Now, the fact that Jake Ferguson had the night off with the other starters tells you what you need to know, right? He also ran around on 70% of dropbacks the first week of preseason. So he's a solid, like, super late-round tight end to grab. Um, But after a lot of guys that I mentioned earlier, I'd rather grab those guys first. Jake Ferguson's kind of, you know, a later guy, you know, in a deeper league. Um, random note here, if you're wondering who the backup is to Austin Eckler is pretty, is Josh Kelly pretty clearly just wanted to point that out. Um, also Kendre Miller was back. He didn't miss a beat. Apparently he was supposed to be out for a bit, right? With that knee sprain, but he ended up starting the game for the saints. Both Alvin Kamara and Jamal Williams were healthy scratches. That would suggest Jamal is still above Miller at the moment, but Miller looked great in this game. He started a little slow, but he had an awesome 27 yard catch on the sideline And then he banged in a seven-yard touchdown with Jameis Winston leading that drive. So I'm looking forward to seeing what Miller can do now that I know he's healthy and good to go. And I'm wondering if he's going to have the chance to beat out Jamal Williams for a bigger role behind Alvin Kamara. All right. All right, guys. That's going to do it for this episode. We appreciate you. If you could subscribe to the podcast, leave a a five-star review, that would mean the world to us. That would really help us grow the podcast. And that would mean the world to me, to Zach, to the rest of the team at Upper Hand Fantasy, we appreciate you Um, if you want to check out the rankings again, that's patreon.com slash Fantasy, you can check out all of the resources that we offer there please go check that out, and we'll be back, see you guys soon take it easy, later